right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. All right, we back. Episode 20, live mm-hmm. from a hotel room in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh-huh. Shout out to Tech Nine. So the Kansas City, I feel like, has produced some some decent talent. But whether it's from Kansas City or made their or name Kansas in Kansas City. City. Well, I mean, are we counting both Kansas Cities? Does anyone care? I, I mean, okay. So, so to preface this, um, I drove f- from Texas through Oklahoma, through Kansas, and into Kansas City on the Missouri side. All the greatest states of America. All I will say is this about the other part of Kansas City. No one cares about anything in Kansas. <laughs> I surely don't. The Chiefs? Missouri. The Royals? Missouri. <laughs> Oh well, I think I'm out. I think that's all. I think that's all I had in my my cartridge. I don't <laughs> know of anything. It was barbecue. It was basically barbecue. Like, People care yeah. about the barbecue, right? In Missouri, here's what I'll say. Right before you get to actual Kansas City, like the city, there might be a little bit that's still technically Kansas City. It's basically like you hit the sign that says "Welcome to Missouri," and then you're in the actual city, hmm. where it's like there's life. And people care about things instead of just fields of, you know, the most exciting thing I saw driving through Kansas today was cows procreating because they were at least doing more than the other cows that were just laying in the fields of nothingness. When I was driving through, my mom gave me a call. She goes, uh, make sure to take some pictures. And I said, you could have a five-year-old draw you a picture of what they think a field and sun looks like. That's Kansas. Like, you know, where it's just like you draw that straight line and it's just field. It's you just coloring green and it's just the mm. sky. That's it. That's all Kansas was. Do you think that people from these states that you obviously don't give a fuck about? I know. I like, like the people, other states. The other states are dope. No, I mean, but like states like a Kansas. Do you think people from Kansas know that people don't give a fuck about Kansas? I'm not sure they have the Internet here or there. <laughs> no, Um don't say that. That's like nah, Mississippi. That's, that's what I, I think about that about Mississippi. I don't think Kansas is on oh, that. Morgan Freeman's from Mississippi. They, they have and good. and and even a blonde squirrel finds a nut. Oh, also Morgan Freeman didn't voice the airport in Mississippi. He factual. Shout out to that. Alabama. Shout out to the berm. Um, yeah, no, I think that's why they love like the Jayhawks. It's all they have. No offense, but also offense. They have other teams, man. They have the Shockers, the Wichita State Shockers. They have the Royals, like you mentioned earlier, the Chiefs, like I mentioned. They've won a Super Bowl. The Missouri Bowl. Royals, the Missouri Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> on this side. All right, see, I don't know what's going on. They got Tech Nine. I think Tech Nine's from the Missouri side of Kansas City. Wait, yeah, the Missouri side's the good side. Oh, yeah, you in Kansas City, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're talking Kansas City, Kansas. Nothing happens. <laughs> Damn, yeah, they stuck. My bad, Kansas City. <laughs> Let's get a quick Google. Because yeah, maybe maybe there's one redeeming quality. Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, they got a community college. That's, that's the first thing that pops up. Let's see here. If the first thing that pops up about your city is the community college, you can just egg a Google. You can take Google down. <laughs> this is we done. It's actually a very small portion uh, of Kansas City, it appears. It's gonna be really awkward. No, I know I'm definitely on the Missouri side. Uh, be really bad if I was just roasting it while I'm here, though. 
<laughs> I've scrolled and they have a water park. And it's kind of cool. They got a casino. All right, you can stop, man. You can stop. Don't, everything you just said is usually in one neighborhood in a in a city that's functioning correctly. Oh, they've they've sporting Kansas City. There you go. Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, that's their MLS team. No. Mm. Oh no, never mind. I was about to say the Kansas City Monarchs. Um, were in Kansas City, Kansas, but that was the independent team that played from. 03 to 19 that that's yeah, not no, the kansas city monarchs no, it's not the real monarchs no speaking of which i am very much looking forward to going to the negro league baseball museum and uh i don't think we've said the episode number it's episode 20 yes, um, sir. fittingly i'm going to take dibs um with all that taken for my athlete of the day or my <laughs> number of the day number 20 he's been discussed on this podcast i believe it was episode two that we opened discussing so. him um mm-hmm the greatest hitter who ever lived damn straight one josh gibson who i can't wait to learn more about tomorrow that's gonna be so awesome yeah. I, i'm i doubt they'll let you take pictures but you got to take them into notes of everything you see there i'm gonna try and take some pictures come on why you still allegedly the black museum ivan all right mike <laughs> <laughs> what's the line from black panther <laughs> whatever it is colonizer <laughs> you do not speak here colonizer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no, I'm, I'm going to be like a sponge tomorrow. I'm going to concede is, is, is Gibson's episode. I was going, I wanted to go be doc because you know, that's weapon X, but there's nothing. The greater. one Eagles Jersey that I've owned. Listen, man, he's, he's the man, the he, all black he's one of those yep. players that no matter what team you root for, you root for Brian Dawkins. It's a certain players. Oh, that was play a, in sports. You know, when those Bronco, when those Broncos games were on, I tuned in. <laughs> I rooted for him with the Broncos too. Fuck it. I was like, yeah, he, he made two Pro Bowls with the Broncos. I was like, see, we get rid of him too. He should have been on a lifelong Eagle, but it's neither here nor there. Shout out to Josh Gibson. Um, we already talked about him so much, but like, there's nothing, there's no overstating his greatness. There is not. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll even extend um, this episode to just be about the entire Negro Leagues. It's something I could talk about all day long. Like, like I, spe- I was telling Reese this in the pre-show. I was I specifically mapped out my drive for and this is going to end up being way more mileage than like the way that I got down from Massachusetts to Texas. But on the way back up. I specifically went out of what would be the way to come to Kansas City and probably spend maybe two hours at the museum tomorrow. Like I don't even know like how much there is there, um, but it's like I want to take in everything. And Ooh, if they sell baseball cards, you need to give me a pack. I'll Venmo you. I I'm fully expecting to spend more money than I should tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I I don't I can't buy more clothes. You gonna say David no to that Josh black Gibson crackers? jersey? Done. You gonna say no to the black crackers jersey? Come on, man. <laughs> I feel like that's a weird one for me to wear for a multitude <laughs> of reasons. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, the Homestead Grays, the Monarchs, mm-hmm. you know, some with Satch feels the feels Yankees. Mm, I don't like any of the Yankees. <laughs> Not even the black ones. What you got against the black ones? Second word. <laughs> That's yeah. When you live in Texas and people are like, oh, you Yankee, I was like, don't call me that. <laughs> that does not have the same connotation to me as Northern. 
Yeah, nah, nah. Yeah, no, nah, that's gonna be awesome, man. Like, I would have loved to have been there with you because that's gonna be an amazing. We'll come back. Time. We'll come back. I, I have a feeling that I'll want to come back. Um, one for where I'm not. Because, you know, I still have to drive to Chicago after that, which is going to be eight hours. So I feel like I'm going to inevitably cut my time short on how long I'd like to spend there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I imagine this will be a, a, a taste, but not the to, to use a very questionable Paul Pierce uh, line. I don't know if you've ever heard this one. I don't know why this is what popped in my head versus a taste versus the whole experience. You ever hear him say, you know, I'm sick of having a taste of something. I want the whole load. And it's like, that's, can't say that on TV, Paul. <sighs> okay, Paul. I mean, but whatever Paul does in his private time is obviously news to us because he broadcasts it. So <laughs> he's a Hall of Famer now, though. Well, soon to be next year. I'm going to keep it real. I say this during the Hall of Fame weekend. I was like, the Saturday team could play threes and would beat the, the Sunday team playing fives. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's probably true. That is crazy. I, I would have had – I almost would want to have, like, depending on what age you get him, I'd have KG run the point. Oh, yeah, young KG was the man. Like, he, like, like won, the he Team MVP. USA, like the Team USA where he was just going one-on-one with everyone. And when he won MVP, he was running point that year. Him and Sam Cassell was, like, yeah. passing off. Like, I – it's dope to see that, man. Uh, shout out to the Negro Leagues again. Got to always big them up. I can't wait till they start incorporating those stats, you know. Uh, it's 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 amazing how many people don't really know about the Negro Leagues. Crazy. It's, like, really amazing because it's not like – the thing about the Negro Leagues that always kind of took me for, by surprise when it comes to people not knowing it is that the Negro Leagues are, for the most part, one of the least hidden parts of American history that you could easily access. Like, you know, like we, we pretend we don't tell stories about a lot of black stuff, but the Negro leagues is like a staple. It's like, if you want to know, you can know, like it's not yeah, really hidden. A beautiful mythology about it. Oh my like goodness. Like everything, everything that we talk about in American culture about like Bo Jackson, like that was everybody that, that yeah. Every, <laughs> every Negro league player had something. Listen, they didn't call they they didn't call Babe Ruth the white Josh Gibson for nothing. And he was really just a slightly more pale, yeah, light skinned mm-hmm. Josh. He was light skin. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely light skinned. Like he was Drake complexion, but you know. But yeah, cool won. Papa Bell, Satchel Page. Mm. You know, it's crazy because like for as much as we talk about Jackie Robinson, he was one of the ones that was like less accomplished in the Negro Leagues. And yeah, he was okay. That's why <laughs> he was like, yeah, you're that's fine. why Negro League players were like Oh, they just picked one that's not very good. He's gonna flame out. Mm-hmm. Luckily, that didn't happen for all yeah. of their sakes. But you know, it's like Satchel Page probably should have been the first one up. Could you look at like what Josh, uh, Josh Gibson, Bob Gibson did when he like came into the league? He's like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw a curveball. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean you can make the ball move? <laughs> <laughs> cheating. <laughs> That's yeah, like yeah. that's like when that's like when the NBA started wearing things that weren't chucks. They were like, "Hold right. on, you can cut <laughs> ankle support." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that's that's the dope part about the Negro leagues. To me, was was less about the numbers. The numbers were were stupendous. Don't get me wrong, because you know Philadelphia. Um, Shout out to the stars. You dig. Um, so it it was less about the numbers and great more about, mural, by the way. If anyone ever oh Philly oh yeah through Philly, it's one of my one of my favorite spots in Philly that I didn't know existed till like my senior year also side note um the best paper i think i ever wrote it was me i think might have been my last paper of college 
was about um, the myth, just basically the idea was about the mythology. Um, it, it was, I forget the exact class I was saying. It was about baseball and American culture mm-hmm. because they needed an extra critical writing class. They talked to John Lord, who, if anyone from St. Joe's listening knows, he was just going to make it about baseball. <laughs> Naturally, I took the class. We didn't even count towards like my sports marketing degree. Had nothing to do with the sports degree. It was just a like writing intensive course. Um, and that was, I think, the best. I've never written a paper where I just went like six pages, like without a break. Um, I I also looking back was very lucky that my sixth grade teacher was super enamored with black baseball. Like he mm-hmm. taught an entire unit to us as 11 year olds and naturally as already a baseball fan, I very much took to it, but he, he, his experience was as a paper boy growing up in Pittsburgh, one of his um, clients, one of his regular clients had been a pitcher in the Negro leagues. Um, and so he kind of learned about this and, you know, he was a, also did a lot of music teacher stuff um, and musicals and all that. He kind of wrote a song about the whole barnstorming experience and, you know, this pitcher. Um, and I always took to it. And yeah, like he'll, he'll be someone that I'm for sure thinking about when I'm going through that museum tomorrow. Cause that, that was, that was the seed for me. That, that was the little seedling that grew into like it being absolutely my favorite, you know, era. I don't know if era is right. Cause you know, I feel like that's a time frame, like cultural part of baseball history it's the Negro Leagues and it's not even close. I mean, the Negro Leagues was, the Negro Leagues broke barriers before we even realized they could be broken. Like they had two. They have white not, people going to the games. That's how great two, they were. And they had two, if not three women who played. And that mm-hmm. was the first time and only time in baseball history that we had women playing professional baseball that wasn't in a woman's league. I mean, yeah, they had like, um, what's her name? This is Effa Manley, um, who was from Philly. Um, who was considered the first lady of the Negro Leagues. You know, they, they were putting, they shook everything up. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, I think my, another early, uh, why, why would this have been? Why did I have to do something in elementary school about like Newark? But I was like, oh, they had a baseball team. I was like, oh, well, let me look into this. And I was like, you know, as a sports fan, my fun facts about Newark in elementary or middle school, whenever it was, is I was like, Shaq was born there <laughs> and the Newark Eagles. Shaq was that's it. You got two. <laughs> I mean, you don't live far, you don't live far from Newark. What's there? What's important about Newark? I'm from Philly. I I don't I don't care for other I, I said you're so not far. I know. So and you have no know. desire to go to Newark ever. No, I don't. But you but you dove through a rabbit hole and decided to go through the history. So yeah. Yeah. Like I I you know, I, I'm sure we got other stuff to talk about, but I am so stoked for that. Been that that a nine-hour drive today, that's what got me through it most, was that's knowing that that's tomorrow. That's going to be amazing. I can't wait for you to spend $200 on Negro League memorabilia. And tomorrow. 60 of that will be Venmoed back to me because I'll have bought it for you. <laughs> <laughs> don't hate it. I don't hate it. So I'm going to ask you, since, since we're on the topic of things that have been forgotten that shouldn't have been forgotten. <sighs> After all of this time, after all of the capital, whether it be monetary, whether it be draft, are the Celtics a team with the past, even though they were supposed to have the brightest future? Um, 
I don't think you can say that they're a team of the past when they have Tatum and Brown. I think but I have one of those people right now. Jalen Brown needed a break, like just in his life. Mm-hmm. He's been way too busy for the last year, like changing the world and being a good basketball player. We ain't going to do that. We ain't going to do that. Jalen Brown is an amazing human being. We ain't going to say he ch- he's not Gandhi <laughs> Brown, Mahatma Brown. Like he's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give him a couple down. years. He's still only the 24. He might be changing um, Massachusetts, which is like changing the no, he, world. I well, guess. he he didn't. He yeah, he drove to Georgia from Massachusetts to help change the world too. So, um, no, I, I think they're they they're a team in purgatory. I think mm. they've had a lot of weird things that conceptually seemed like a good idea, mm-hmm. like trading a broken Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving, signing Gordon Hayward, mm-hmm. albeit even healthy for too much money, but like. All of those things plus the core that they had, they always they should have done more. Bad breaks, quite literally, in the in the circumstance of Gordon Hayward, um, and just Kemba wasn't the best signing to make. Um, you know, I think it's a lot of it falls on what we've said about Danny Ainge. Um, I think a lot of it is some stuff just really didn't fall their way, like. You know, I, I wonder if no COVID, you know, this isn't to say they were going to beat the Lakers. If no COVID, I like our chances against the Heat better. Like, if I maybe I'm misremembering, I feel like we were pretty damn good, like all season long. And then there was the break and then the bubble. And it was like they didn't, I mean, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they didn't really sustain what they were going at in the regular season up to that point. I could be misremembering. Um, but it was like, even stuff like that is like, that's to no one's fault. Like you can't blame yeah. Danny Ainge for that. You know, that's just them's is the breaks and it didn't work out. And even then they were, I think that went to seven, right? That heat series, um, if I remember correctly. Um, so, or they were at least close. They had some really bad games in there too. Like I remember in the bubble, every third quarter they got outscored by 15 and they were still winning games. So it was like, it, it was just like weird stuff was happening. Kemba was awful in the bubble last year. So, so if you are an NBA team in purgatory, is that the same thing as having two quarterbacks in the NFL, which means you have no quarterback? I think so. I think, I think to a degree, um, I think, I think it's something where they're in that middle ground that like the Sixers were, at the end of like the Iguodala tenure, mm-hmm. if, if my timeline is correct, where it's like, they might be a little bit better than that. They're a little bit better than the team that's always going to be the AC, which is what I kind of feel like the Sixers were at that point. It's like seventh AC. I, I think, I think that you're at the point before we got Jimmy Butler with the Sixers when we had like two high, two people where guys. you're like, these people are parts of the futures of the mm-hmm. league. And not, maybe not to the extent of a Simmons. It. And bead, but like Tatum is is in that class. Yeah, Brown is yeah. probably in the tier right below that. He's in the Jimmy Butler class, I think. Yeah, I th- I think he's young enough that like if he builds on what he did this year, which would be incredibly impressive, I think he can sneak into that class. Um, like at the bottom level of that top class. Um, yeah, so I think they're a little bit better than that Igadala. I think the Butler era is probably about right. It's like I it's one of those things like I don't think 
I don't think it's worth blowing up completely, but they need what the Sixers got. And I think it's what they were hoping Kemba Walker would be was that veteran that can, and, and Jimmy Butler's just better than Kemba is part of it. Yeah. 100%. But yeah, like, like we don't need to go into that, but you know, I think that's like the purgatory they're in. It's like, you need a star to want to go there and be like, I can be the over the hump guy. Um, Otherwise, it's going to keep tracking downwards and you're going to keep wasting years of Tatum and Brown. Do y'all get swept? And Taco, of course. Do y'all get swept? As the third round player. Huh? Do y'all get swept this round? Yeah. I don't want to. There's there's no team that deserves to lose a series more than the Nets as as they're having to discount their tickets to get people to show up to the games Mm -hmm. in an already limited capacity, I would believe. I got y'all getting swept. I do too. But yeah. I would I mean, I wouldn't be mad if y'all beat the Nets. I'm not really I, I would I, ho- really I would assume also. that you wouldn't be upset as the holder yeah, of the one seed. Wouldn't be mad at all. Wouldn't be mad at all, but I can't root for you to do it. So I'm in this weird conundrum where I'm just like hmm. purgatory, if you will. No, I'm not in purgatory because we yeah, over you're here chilling. chilling. <laughs> we <laughs> are chilling. We yeah, you're just you're just waiting to see who shows up at the Golden Gates with you in the Eastern Conference Finals. Listen, I, I said this to I had a meeting right before this and I was like I was like, we as people, um, we got to get out of our own lane and expand and become more complex. That's the difference between Michael Jordan becoming the greatest of all time or being Clyde Drexler or Dominic Wilkins. When you learn how to shoot a little bit and he got post moves, he's like, oh, I'm different than these guys. I'm going to do a little bit differently. Yeah. I was like, if, if Michael Jordan didn't take that next step to be more complex as a player, he'll be Russell Westbrook. And it was like, oh, you're super athletic. You can get to the super explosive. Like that would yeah. be the use that we would use. That would be yep. the word that we would use is exactly oh, that explosiveness. Yeah. You know, so it was like one of those things where I was like, we got to look at this whole thing as a complete team. And I think that Celtics isn't a, like there, there's, I actually think that this is one of those years where I can see six different teams winning the chip out of the 12 that are I mean, out, out of the 16 that are in the playoffs. Like I can see six. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know why we're talking about the Celtics. You know, I'm, I've been a lifelong Suns fan. Um, <laughs> far back as I can remember, my you know my favorite player, Steve Nash. Uh, you know, our, our our good friend Langston Galloway now carrying the torch for them. Listen, man, Mari Stadamar used to take wine baths. I'm all in for that. Stat, stat, the Matrix, Barbosa, Boris Diaw, Raja Bell, Raja Bell. Shout out to ISO Joe in the, the earlier re- days. The remains of Penny Hardaway. The remains of, well, uh, I wouldn't say the remains of Vince Carter yet. No, nah, he, yeah, he, he was still cooking. Jalen Rose. Grant the Hill. Jalen Rose. <laughs> they the took a lot of guys. <laughs> they took a lot of guys whose career <laughs> marred by injury. Starberry Jack. was dope. Starberry was Starberry dope. Starberry was dope. Yep. Starberry was dope. Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Yep. It's, it's amazing how much Hall of Fame talent has played for the Suns historically. And how little success the Phoenix Suns have had historically. What does that say about Mike D'Antoni? I think it's less about I've, Mike D'Antoni and think? more about yeah. I think I think it's less about Mike D'Antoni and more about I think I, think I feel like the, that's the, always been the biggest criticism of Mike D'Antoni. Like I feel like that's the thing that's followed him. Maybe it's just in my brain because I loved those Suns teams. No, no, it definitely follows him. But I think that he gets too much of a bad rap because in the history in the in the thirty years that I've been alive, right? And you can fact check this. I think I'm right. The 30 years I've been alive, only, I think, five head coaches have won championships. It is a stupidly low amount. <laughs> like, that's insane. That's like... In, it's that's definitely like more than that, but it's a stupidly low amount, I agree. 30 years. I've, 1990. 
I, I don't think it's more than that. Because you got Phil, Phil Jackson, Jackson in the 90s. half of those. <laughs> you got Greg Popovich in part of Doc. the 90s and the 2000s. You got Phil Jackson again. Doc Spolstra. Uh, Flip Saunders. Doc didn't, Doc didn't win one. What you, yes, oh, yeah, did. no, Doc won one. I was talking about the 90s and early 2000s. Oh, so yeah, 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 no, like, I, I'm jumping all over. Okay. Spolstra. That's, yeah, Spolstra. That's uh, four. Flip, was Flip Saunders the one with the Pistons? No, no, no. It was Larry Brown. It was Larry Brown. Okay, so Larry Brown. Um, That's five. Steve Kerr, or does Steve Kerr only count with the Bulls, we count, too? We can, kill. we can count Steve Kerr. We can count him. <laughs> um, whatever, Nick Nurse, was that who it was up in Toronto? Yeah. Um, and then the ball for the Lakers last year. Luke Walton? No. This is exposing how little I watched basketball the last couple Luke years. Because I was like, I know Luke Walton was the Lakers coach at one point. Yeah, he was for like a hot two seasons. And LeBron was like, I'm coming, so he's going. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever the Lakers coach is, who I can't name right now. So that's nine coaches LeBron. in 30 years, dude. No, that's LeBron. not that much more. No, it's Le- LeBron counts. LeBron, LeBron's a coach. So that's... Even if you count, so if you count LeBron, think about it. You count LeBron. Yeah, it's only seven <laughs> No, I, 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 I'd still give Spo. I, I think I'd still credit Spo. I was gonna say, okay, so you taking Ty Lue's away? Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, his soul got taken away by Allen Iverson. He's Ooh, never been the same over. since. But think about that: nine coaches in thirty years. Um, no, that's insane. Um, Tom Janovich, is that who was in Houston? Rudy Tom Janovich didn't win it. Oh, yeah, with the uh, Rockets. Yeah, back-to-back. Rudy T, back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, Rudy T. Shout won to Tracy back-to-back. Murray. All right, oh, so 10. 10 coaches in 30 years. Is there, what, was the, what was the like the first couple of years in the, the 90s? It was the Bulls. No, so no, they, they won. 1990 to 91, all the way they, through They got 90-91? Okay, I thought then, there may have been one more before And then that. that's the Rockets. But I mean, even, I mean even, even again, even if it was like they started 91-92 – we're, we're already reaching at that point. So I, I fully can understand that. Um, That's insane, though. So, like, I think that for me, and I, maybe this is because I'm from Philadelphia, I think that franchises and fans have to hold – I think fans of franchises need to hold the franchise accountable for doing more for teams as opposed to saying we should be good enough. And I think that in Philadelphia, we have always maintained that, like, even if we're supposed to be good enough, we'll let you know. If oh, Chuck Daly got, got his one. That was the right. 80s. That was the 80s. No, no. Uh, that was maybe 80s. that was 89-90. Pistons. Maybe, Pistons. That, maybe that was 89-90. Because it, it says mm-hmm. 1990, but that's yeah, probably the finals. In I was, and that was, that was in June or July. I was born in September. So... <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, all of the most of these are before I was born, you know, so... That's fine by me. But like that, so that's what's crazy. Oh, Pat Riley, like, Pat can't... Riley's on there. Oh yeah, for the Heat because he took yeah. over uh, for Steve Ing. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "No, I got this." Frank Vogel, that's who it was. Oh, was that last year? Yeah, in, in my brain, he's still with the Pacers. <laughs> yeah, in my brain, he doesn't exist. But so no, like, it, for me, my brain is just not reality. A lot of times, my my so in me, my brain definitely exists. <laughs> so for me, Coach D'Antoni is one of those dudes where it's just like he does what he does, and that's it. But builds fun coaches, teams. But what coaches aren't like that? Like what coaches really aren't like that? Like I think that the NBA very rarely, and I mean very, very rarely, does the best team not win. At the end of the day, parity, especially lately, ever. Well, yeah, ever. I mean that that's what makes like because that's what that's the one thing in defense of like the criticisms that LeBron gets or that. The Warriors got where it's like, oh, you know, you're teaming up with people, right? Mm-hmm. It was like building these super teams. So I feel like that's the one thing that, for one, they only won one championship. 
But like, I feel like the one thing that Celtics fans are maybe like, oh, at least we traded for everyone. And, and I think like the Warriors for a while was like, oh, we drafted everyone. And then it was like the Durant thing was different. But like, I feel like with that gripe, it's like, I, I do think if you look historically at the league, you don't win championships unless you have multiple all-stars. Yes. It's, made, it's what made that Dirk um, win over the Heat so impressive. But even when you look at that team. Yeah, he had, he had J-Kid. He had a yeah. lot of vets Jason. who were going to deliver. Tyson Chandler. Yeah, Kid, Chandler. Um, Sean Marion was on that team, wasn't he? Sean Marion was on that team. Jason Terry. Shout out to the Jet. It's like I mean, I mean, even like someone like, like a perfect role player like they had. I don't know why he popped in my head. I'm just scrolling through like the leaders. Was Rajon Bell on that team? No, I don't think he ever played for them. But JJ Barea, I was gonna be like someone that's just like he's been around, he's seen stuff, he's gonna like. They had a team of people that knew their roles: Corey Brewer, Karan Butler. Karan Butler's a better one. Um, Jan Mahimi, Deshaun Stevenson, Peja. Like they had a lot of dudes with a lot of experience. Oh, he played for Dallas. Rajah Bell played for Dallas after the Sixers. That's so I can remember. I'm pitching him in the Dallas uniform. So, so that, that would have been like doing. early 2000s? Yeah, that was 2002-2003. It's, it's the, the thing about that is like I think that people under I think that there's only been, if I can think about it, and I don't I think that there's been less than I'm going back to my five. I think there's been less than five champions. NBA champions who didn't have people who made multiple all-star games ever. And I'm and I'm not counting the teams before all-star games happened. Like, I mean, like legitimately, like nobody on that team. And that's probably true. Like it's crazy. Was Kawhi the only one um for the Raptors in 19? No, it's Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's all-star. Oh yeah. Multiple time all-star. And no, Pascal no, I, I meant like all-star. in that even that year. But yeah, you're right. Overall, yeah. Yeah. And wasn't Pascal all-star too? That was his rookie year. I don't know if I, I'm. I'm not gonna put him. He, like he he played great. I'm just saying. Like he, I don't think he hadn't become an all star yet. Okay. Well, Kyle I, cause I think I think it was last year that he became an all star for the first time. Okay. I mean, but well, we all know why that Raptors team won. It was the you know intellect of one Jeremy Lin. No, um, they they won that. The reason the why inspiration the Raptors won of is because the the NBA the triple doink the travel that. Like, Kawhi oh, Leonard man. took jumping three times over Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to make a shot that physically speaking was an impossibility, which should have been our ball. But, you know, the world hates Philadelphia. So we if I didn't respect you as much as I do as a co-host, I would have muted you there and just talked about something else. It's the truth. Instead. It's the truth. That Sixers team was oh, the best Pierce team in the NBA. Truth. That Sixers team was the best team in the NBA that year. That Sixers finally team got past the Celtics at that point. It was that Sixers team was a beast. Nobody was better than us that year. We had defense. We had offense. We had toughness. We had, like, whatever you looked on that team, because we didn't got it. We, we still didn't pay anybody. So, like, we had everybody on the cheap. T- Toby was on the cheap. Jimmy was on the cheap. So, we had role I, players. I, like, here's a question for big. you. Kind of kind of not to turn around the Celtics question, but a Sixers question that popped in my head because I, I do think they've been that good for the last few years, or at least had the potential to be mm-hmm. have. So, I mean, and this is, they might win the championship this year. And I think there's a very good chance they do, but do you feel like any of the last years they've underperformed mm. just because like speaking as a Celtics fan with the series that I remember that we've played against them, it feels like we were like, 
and maybe it's just me being friends with so many Sixers fans and kind of having that natural friendly shit talk. But it's like, I feel like every time, and, and I don't watch the Sixers night in, night out. So I can't really yeah. s- speak for like what they should do after watching a full regular season. But it always felt like the vibe of the Sixers was like, we're coming for you. This is the year. And then <laughs> Marcus Morris is throwing up 3 0 in Embiid's face. Well, Marcus Morris is from Philadelphia, so it didn't hurt as bad since he's it, from Philly. He, um, uh, yeah, no, and I will always respect this. I didn't care for it as a Boston fan, of course. He was very uh, vocal in making his allegiances known going into the Super Bowl that he was hoping everything bad happened to the Patriots, which I can respect. I respect it. Know, know what you stand for and stand on it. I think that for we me, had the respect for him to not fight him, um, like with I, I Mike think, Scott. But I think for me, the Sixers have not underperformed in the last three years. I think that last year we didn't have a good team. Like we just didn't. We had we had a team that was good enough to compete to be in the playoffs. We, that wasn't a championship team. The roster was so unbalanced. We only won games at home. Like we had the best road record in like the last two or three years in the NBA, but we had the worst road record in the last two or three years. That shit was abysmal. Like it was like, how did we lose one game almost all season? Like we lost a couple at the end, but like we lost one game like almost all season and then won, I think maybe like 10 games on a row. Like it was like, it was like night and day. So like that roster was so unbalanced. So I think that we, I don't think we should have got swept by the Celtics. I think that we should have at least won a game or two off of y'all, but I don't think we underperformed necessarily. I think that roster was just trash. And I know it's the same old excuse, but that team was beat up throughout the year. So it was like one of those things where I was like, okay, cool. It is what it is. The Jimmy, I, I really do believe that Jimmy Butler team was the best team in the NBA that year. And if everything would have failed the way it was supposed to fall, like it did, we would have won a championship because of the injuries to Golden State. I think Golden State had more firepower, but I think from a top to bottom team, if you think about it, we were poised to guard Golden State better than any team in the NBA that year. You got Jimmy Butler, you got Ben Simmons, you got Joel Embiid. Like literally that three right there can guard. And all three of them can go one through five. And it's it's like, like if you, if, and this is one thing I, cause I love, I love finding little ways to nitpick um, and just bother. I mean, it's just, I feel like it's a Northeast sports thing. You look for the little Mm -hmm. things to like really get under someone's skin. So I always loved doing it with Embiid. Simmons was like slightly easier, I feel like, because it was there was just you, you talk about him not being able to shoot. It, it was lazy, but it worked. Um, Embiid's really tough to shit talk <laughs> because he's when, great at FIFA. What else? I, I, yeah, I, I said that. I, I poorly worded it on Twitter, and a Sixer fan was not happy with me. But I, I meant it out of respect. I truly, truly did. No, you um, didn't, man. Stop yes, I did. I did. I did. I did. I, I should have clarified with another piece uh, of the tweet that said, and he does a lot of, and I've been impressed every time I watch him play basketball. No, that should have been the beginning of your tweet. No, no, because I feel like I still would have wanted the Sixers fan to be pissed off and then realize I wasn't. It wasn't. Then that's not out of respect. That's out of pettiness. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to be like, what? I gave you a compliment. Yeah, we're we're from the Northeast. That's just how it works. Everything's out of pettiness. That's like saying you're not. No, you know, he's one of those rare bigs that comes along, like very, very rare, generational, where it's like you get him switched onto a point guard. And if you're a Sixer fan, you're like, not worried. He's not going to get no. shaken. You, you could get Kyrie, mm-hmm. whoever you want. He's going to be with him. Yeah. Which is infuriating. 
and he's fun to watch. Like, there's not a lot he's, of he has man. a fun personality. If he played, <laughs> if he played for the Suns, my favorite team, um, <laughs> he'd be one of my favorite players in the league. Yeah, I, you like, know, I, I think because we discussed this back when I was a, probably a senior in, in college, and we discussed making our favorite five in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that I did with, I, I think, you and others that I know. Making our favorite five in the league, you can only pick one from your team. Um, and be just w- would have been second because, obviously, Boogie. You know, but, it's my guy. It's um, my guy. And, and B would have been the next guy on the list for me, mm-hmm. for sure. And it was – I couldn't believe he was that close. Like, I was like, there's got to be more centers. There's got to be more centers. There's got to be more centers. <laughs> and, and, Grand, like, I don't think I – like Jokic should really popped off. Like he might be in there now, which doesn't mm. look good with the whole stereotype of the Boston fan base for me. But um, he would be probably in that mix now. But it might still be Embiid. When I watch Embiid, if if I could like turn off the uniforms, mm-hmm. I'd be like, this guy is so great to watch. Like He's I get so the same vibe in a neutral game. Like the problem is, just, you know, if you're a Boston or Philly fan, there's no neutral game when no. you watch the other team. No. But, like, if he was on a neutral team, I think I would have the same feeling for him as I do watching Luca. Where it's like, okay, you just kind of move, you know, it's like they have that European influence a little bit. It's like you move a little bit differently, you know, like at your size, you're doing stuff that people your size aren't doing. You're kind of playing another position that doesn't exist for many people in the league. Like, I think he would be in that same class for me where I'd be like, I let me watch this guy as much as I can. And yeah, I can't no, he, do that. Like yeah. I just, I want him to leave Philly, but I feel like he's really <laughs> adapted to Philly that he's never going to leave, and it's going to haunt me for his entire career. Yeah, he's he's just fun to watch overall. It's not just his personality; it's his skill set. Like I feel like every time I watch him be play, every week I can't say every single game because it's hard to really say that for a big man. But every week that he plays two or three games, he's going to give you at least one thing that you don't usually see or that you've never seen before. So it's going to be exciting, even when he's not having a great game he still has that energy he still plays defense hard he still like energizes the crowd he's gonna roll, rolls rolls for his teammates what do you say like it always feels like he's like in the games that he was like out you know when he had injury trouble like it was always like he was hyping up his teammates like doing all that stuff like I'm always a guy that's a real sucker for like the clips where someone's in like an apartment building be like filming some court and he's like Joel Embiid's just playing some locals at a park. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm such a sucker for that stuff. I dig it, man, because he he realizes that, you know, your career is short, your life is short. He's going to enjoy it and have fun. And that's dope, man. And I like he could, I, I genuinely think he's done enough at this point. He could never win. He's not buying a drink again in Philly. No, 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 no. He can't. He can't. He might, he might be to the point where he might not never buy another drink in Africa. Does he party as a whole? You no, know, he's, and I've, seen, I've seen him at Center City Sips. I've I've seen people be like Embiid hit sips. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what's dope, man. I think and I think this year the NBA champion, no matter who rises up, is coming out the East. I don't even Suns all the way. That'd be dope. I would love to see the Suns take one home for the first time. I think in their history. I don't think they have a chip. Mm, I don't yeah, think so. I don't think no. they have a chip. If they do, it's way before we were born because they definitely don't have one in my tenure. I don't think they do. It would have been like what pre Tom Chambers, pre Cedric Sabala. See, but then, but then you got the then you got the the Lakers and the Celtics and the Sixers and like, like did those the Suns teams. even really exist before that? I don't think they did. Like, in not a disrespectful way, I'm just saying like, 
They've been around since the 60s. They've won the conference twice. Okay. They played the Bulls one of those times. Yeah, that's when Charles Barkley won the MVP. (laughs) And who they run into in 76? The Celtics. Yep. So, yeah. That's a real tough walk. Chris Paul's my man. I I love Chris Paul. Chris Paul's my man. He deserves a chip. He deserves a chip. Like, I would love to see Portland make it to the finals because I mm-hmm. love Melo. I love Dame. Dame. I was rooting with CJ when he was at Lehigh. Like, I, lo- I love Lehigh. stuff like that. But I, I well, think that, honestly, We know you were rooting for him in the tournament. You dig? You know, like, I think that – I think the East overall has the best teams this year. Like, I really do. I think even our AC with the Wizards is a better AC than the Grizzlies. Like, I think that overall the East has – Would you say the same year. if it was the Warriors? No, because I think the Warriors was a really bad team with a great player. Like the Warriors team was like, dog. That's true. They were I think, really bad. I think anytime I watched them, they were down twenty, but Steph had forty-five. Seventy percent of that team was G Leaguers. That's a bad team, dude. They they yeah. look like they reminded me of the Sixers, but we just didn't have Steph. Like when we had nobody on the squad, which, which is a big reminder, we miss Clay Thompson. Oh man, I love I miss Clay Thompson so much. Like I it's sad because I don't think Clay Thompson will ever be close to who he was. Like close. Like I think he's gonna be good because he's gonna be he's the second. Luckily, his his the stuff like some of the stuff he did is should be okay. Of like like what you don't have to actually dribble to but shoot. He was, but he, but he, he can't run the, he won't be able to run the same way. He won't be able to run those screens. He he's not a, he's not gonna be a great defender anymore. I don't think uh, just like, imagine he, if he had like the like ha- how many threes does he finish with if he had had like the body or I guess the the lack of injuries is probably a better way to look at it. He was an like, Iron Man until the last year true. and a half, two yeah. years. So I was going to say like, it, but like the way like Ray Allen never got hurt. See, I think, see, that's the funny thing because Ray Allen played what, 17, 18 years or something like that. Was it 16? Probably like 16. That's a yeah, lot. He, of he came in 96 and he yeah. played until like 13. Yeah. So that'd be about right. Yeah. So like, but like, and Allen he maybe got me. hurt. He maybe got dinged up a little bit those last yeah, couple but years. That was like, but like, yeah, he, was, I mean, I can say for a fact through his Celtics tenure, he never got hurt. So that's he through 2010. He didn't get hurt with the heat either. But like, I think that that's one of those ones where I think that Clay Thompson, and this is, this is what I mean by, I think Steph Curry is obviously the greatest shooter of all time. I think Clay Thompson is the second greatest shooter of all time. Not because he can throw it up from from thirty five like like Steph can. He can still do that sometimes. But any angle, any speed off the screen. There is the nobody dribble. I've ever seen in my life, and I'm born nineteen ninety, so I've seen the nineties, the two thousands. I've never seen anybody get as hot as Clay Thompson, like ever. Like when Clay Thompson's on Three fire, has the most points in a quarter. He has or, the or, most or and the he, second he, most. Yeah, and when he dropped what when, when he dropped sixty, he took eleven dribbles. Yeah, and he didn't play most of the third, the fourth quarter. Like it was just like, okay, cool. He had it like through three quarters. Like they literally said, like, you're yeah, it was like it. that one Kobe game where he outscored the whatever Mavs. team it was, Mavs. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like I think that Steph, I think Steph is one of those dudes. Steph makes bad shots. Clay Thompson doesn't take bad shots. All Clay Thompson shots look like he should be shooting them. You know what I mean? Like he, he, and his jump shot is so like. I, I feel like the other thing with him. I think Steph has a little bit of this, but Steph also, like you said, takes more outlandish shots. Like, I feel like it's a bad trope sometimes to be like, it's a good miss. Or like, even when he misses, it looks good. But Clay is definitely one of those guys where you're like, it, it rims out and you're like, ah, he got unlucky there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, like it leaves his fan, it leaves his hand every single time. And it's like, 
to make a weird parallel, like a slugger in Little League where like kids are getting to run the scoreboard and like jokingly because like, oh, this kid hits a home run every time they just put the number up. That's how it felt when Clay shot the ball. It's like, yeah, right, just add three to that score. It felt like Ray Allen. Like Clay's a closer yeah. thing to Ray Allen where like as soon as it went up, I was like, eh. Yeah. Money. Like Steph, I assume is going to be in him. No. Clay is the closest thing to Dirk. Dirk Nowitzki was that dude. Every fucking time he shot us, I was it's like, like yeah, that's going to have a perfect arc drop right it, in. It never felt like it was going to miss. Even when he was like triple team, I was like, that's it. Like, I never was like, Dirk, you're going to miss that one. I was like, damn, Dirk shooting. All right, cool. Good luck. What we want to do down the floor? Like, yeah. always like that. And I also Clay felt the that. same way. I mean, I feel like there's probably more guys than we think of. Like, it's the same way I felt. Maybe it was just for the Celtics center. If Kevin Garnett was spotting up from 18, uh-huh. that, that was in every single time in my brain. Same thing with Tim Duncan. Both yeah. T- if you were going to tell me, all right, Tim Duncan's at the elbow, or not at the elbow, but like on the wing, has a perfect lineup to the backboard, it's in. Mm-hmm. Automatic. Same and then, you, and then you factor in that when we're talking about Dirk, Dirk less so, but KG, Duncan, now we're backing it up <laughs> 10 feet. And Rip Hamilton, too. Rip had that mid-range he, off the screen. He used to drive me crazy. I couldn't stand Rip Hamilton. Even though I knew he's from the area, I was like, I can't stand this dude. He was also – it was, but, but the biggest thing that I, drove me crazy with him was, like, he was just, like, the perfect amount of chippy where it was, like – it feels dirty when he's the opponent. But if he's on it, – it's – like, I think Smart has similar antics sometimes. Rip was more of, like, in your face, whereas Smart's also going to try and flop and draw a charge that way. The, the reason like, why I couldn't just, stand Rip – Hate him, I couldn't hate stand him play, because, hate to play against him, love to play with him. Listen, I couldn't stand Rip because I am one of the biggest, and I mean biggest, Reggie Miller fans, and he just copied Reggie Miller. His whole game was Reggie Miller's game, but he wasn't as good to me. Yeah, poor, so man's like, poor man's Reggie. Oh, yeah, I, he, he was I a, feel he, like he never really shot the three much, too, which I feel like was one of those things that in his era of basketball, where, where the three was a little – like it hadn't fully gotten to the Steph Curry era, obviously. Um but there's something about like pumping a three, getting someone to bite, stepping in right to the elbow, and knocking down a mid-range jumper every time that somehow feels more demoralizing. It's because you got to remember he played on the same team as Jordan when he was a young kid. So Jordan was the mid-range king, and then he played for Larry Brown. Larry Brown was only you throw up threes. <laughs> what the fuck you doing, dog? Get, only, get Chauncey. only Chauncey. Only <laughs> Chauncey. Yeah, only Chauncey can throw that shit up. Everybody else get in there. Chauncey yeah. and sometimes Rasheed. Rasheed would be like, all right, go ahead. You can throw it Rasheed up. wasn't allowed to. Rasheed just did it. Not wrong. Not wrong. My bad. She, uh, I lost yeah, my Rasheed head. did it and then was like, all right, Larry, do something about it. What what team? All right, so who you got winning the chip this year? And then I'm going to ask you a different question. Um, And going against who? Not who you want, who you think. Because those are two different things. I, I say this with having watched maybe 15 NBA games this year. Maybe. That's cool. That's all of the stars have played. Um. <laughs> This is how bad it is. Let me look at the bracket. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I really have such a bad gauge on it. Um, let's see. Okay, I got it in front of me now. Um, I do think, I do think the Sixers will be there. Okay. I I, I see it. I see it kind of going chalk on on the east side. Okay. Um, even with the four five, a, what? Even with that four or five matchup, uh, I I could say I could see the Hawks taking it, but okay. for sure, like I see a one two in the Eastern Conference Finals, 
And the way I look at it, I can I could see Embiid just going forty and twenty, like every game. Like I I is DeAndre Jordan still with the Nets, right? Yeah, the remains of DeAndre Jordan is dead. Right. No, like I'm I'm just saying, even in his prime, Embiid bullies him. Yeah. Or he um, finesses him and he makes him look stupid. Like and, and Simmons on Durant mm-hmm. is bad news for the Nets. As great as Durant is, as much of an all-time great is, that's not the guy you want to face. This is my rare show respect to the Sixers episode. <sighs> feels so good. I know. So I know. Bible, feels good. Bible on Kyrie. That's going to be good. That's my little guy. I love Bible. And Toby has become that was a problem. good defender. That was a problem on defense, especially. I fucks with ball on defense. And Toby has become a good, a good, yeah. not great. Yeah, but a good yeah. Why, why are people still calling him just anything but bull at this point? Like, that feels like a natural thing. In my group chat, we call him yeah. the die bull. Like, we space it out. Mm. Like, look at the bull. Okay. <laughs> I, I, okay, I respect it. it. It's a good natural fit for Philly. Um, Dude, he's, he's the perfect Philadelphia player. Like, he's not a star. He's not flashy. He's going to do all of the gritty shit. All everybody loves him, and he always looks like he's aloof. Like <laughs> he's like, yeah. He was the star of the bubble on social media. I didn't even have social media, and I knew that. <laughs> yeah, he he was he was one of the big stars of the bubble. Um, yeah, probably the star. You're right, because I think he was like the first one to start like With doing the it, and then it was like there were other people. Like obviously, for my feed, like Jalen Brown started recording a bunch of stuff, but like mm-hmm. Thibel was for Thibel was definitely the first one. Um, yeah. The West Side. I have no, I have zero faith in the Jazz. Zero. <laughs> Yo, we gotta stop doing that, man. We gotta stop listening to LeBron. <laughs> and that no, I never listen to LeBron. I have zero faith in the Jazz. You heard what he said though when he did the draft, the All Star draft. Oh, yeah, he just didn't draft any of them. Nobody did. They were the last yeah. two picks off the board. Rudy Gay and, and Donovan Mitchell with the last. Like, you, you know what's so bad? Is you, you really just said Rudy Gay, too. Like, you just totally respect Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. My bad. Rudy. Yeah. I don't fuck with Rudy Gobert, so fuck him. I like Rudy Gay. He's always been my guy since UConn. So, Rudy Gobert and, and, and I, Donovan Mitchell. I, I, I was a big Rudy Gay guy. Big Rudy Gay fan. Big Rudy um, Gay guy. He said, man, nobody played with the Utah Jazz in 2K or live. Nobody. <laughs> like, dang. Honestly, honestly, looking at this. To circle back to your earlier point, the winner's coming out of the East. Dude, I believe so, man. I'm uh, I'm taking the Clippers in the finals against the Sixers. I think the Sixers winning. Sixers over Suns. I like that a lot. I got, I got, so I got the Lakers losing in the second round. Hurts bad. (laughs) What was the last time y'all won? 84? 83. The best team in NBA history. Until 1986, you're right. No, it was just period. Mm. Go look at that team, ball. <laughs> no, no, they're good. They're good. No, they're fine. You the, 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 the Lakers team. basically you... refused to show up to the NBA Finals in '87. Um, you might not. You might not be wrong. But... <laughs> they're like, oh, that Celtics team. Bill Walton is the sixth man. Good. And Pistol Pete. Don't disrespect Pistol Pete. He was on that team too. '86 yep. team. Yeah, he won a chip with y'all with Bill Walton. He was on the bench too. He's my favorite point guard of all time. I... Well, yeah, you're wrong. He he retired in 1980. Um, no, nah, he, he was on like the Dave Yeah, he was in 1980. Oh, he's on the 1980 team. Yeah, so he was there with like Cowens and Birds first. Okay, so he, he was there for Chip. Because I was about to say, I was like, I'm pretty well versed in that team. Like I've played with them in even 2K a ton. Like Pete Maravich was never there. 
Maravich was there, sir. He was there early on. In spirit, correct. He was there early on. When did well, Bill not in 1986. When did Bill Walton join? Uh, Bill Walton. I mean, that's 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 sad. P. Maravich literally died two years after that. He died in 88. Mm-hmm. Um, I think YMCA. Walton got there like that year. I just searched for just straight up Walton. Yeah, he died at the Wimes, yeah. All right, Bill Walton, 85. He got to the Celtics. Yeah, so, yeah, so no, I'm like, because that's, that's when we beat 80, I think, was when they beat DJ and the Sonics. RIP to DJ Pete. as well, of course. Just because of Pistol Pete, man. It really wasn't, but I'm um, pretending like it was. You want to guess who? Let's look at, you know, it's a classic tangent, the 1979 80 season. I won't ask who the top draft pick is because you'll you'll know that one. That one's not, also not particularly difficult. Um, oh, also the Celtics won the championship the year before. Pete Maravich did not win a championship with the Celtics. He didn't. He did not. Um, he missed it by. A, I, I'm pretty sure a year. He actually never won a championship. No, he wouldn't have unless it was with the Celtics. Because he bro- he broke his kneecap. Then when he, he, yeah, when nothing he with the Nolans Jazz. Um, so this the 1979-80 season, first year of the three pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, classic uh, name. Chris Ford made the first three pointer of the Celtics, um, who I believe became a coach. Um, yeah, of the Celtics for a little while. Um, okay, yeah. So top draft pick to give it some chronological perspective. Magic. That was the magic. Mm-hmm. Bird yep. class. Well, technically, it wasn't the bird class. Well, not bird, but magic. Um, do you want to guess who? Let's see. I'm, I'm just going off the quick hits on the Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. We'll go Eastern Conference finalists, winner and runner up, Western champions and runner up, who won overall. Um, and then if you want season MVP and top scorer. All right, so what exactly – you said a lot there. What am I giving you? Who's in the finals? <laughs> okay. Who they beat to get there? And then just standouts for the season. So this is 78-79? 79-80. 79-80. was in the finals and who did they beat on both sides? Mm-hmm. This was back when I believe the Spurs were still on the East Coast. So, like, I know I got to think about it over there because George Gervin, I think, was still cooking. Well, probably not cooking. He probably was still doing well. Was he still cooking? He probably was cooking. Oh, that that's your top scorer. I'll, I'll give you credit on that one. Yeah, because like it was, was a top time scorer. Not he, MVP, but top scorer. Yeah, you usually the top scorer didn't win MVP back then because George Gervin, there was a time where he just like hit a wall and it was just like, what happened? So like it's like because right because he was he was on the Bulls team when Jordan got drafted, I think. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like, it was like, I remember learning that because of 2K. There. I learned that that's in like 2K. Ain't that 86? <laughs> ain't that 84? Right. You're 84, you're right. So that's weird. Oh, no, he would have been. No, he was gone. No, he came back in 85, 86. 85, 86. Okay. Yeah, that's when he was with the Bulls because he was okay. still with the Spurs until that point. Um, all right. So, so yeah, 79, right, 80. To put, it, to put it into perspective, because I'm just curious how many points he scored. Wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Got all right. Done. So that was the first year the three pointer used that? Correct. I don't think he took and made that many three pointers. He averaged um, 1.3 three pointers attempted. That year. Oh, so he's basically which, a step back. Then. Which, by the way, 
by far the most. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he was Steph back then. He was throwing <laughs> he, that shit up. To, to put it in perspective, the remaining years of his career, he dropped from 1.3 this year to 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.3, 0. 0.1, and 0. 0.2. He shot 31% that first year. Oh, Westbrook. He's fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go back then. They still weren't really playing defense. So I'm going to go George Gervin average. I'm gonna go this is his 30. third year in a row, by the way, leading the league in points, which I believe it. Like, I, I, I do feel like he's become criminally under underrated for how cold he was. Oh, no pun intended. I did no, no, no. It was, it was a little intended. intended. 100% <laughs> pun intended. You ain't just say cold. I, I haven't heard you say the word cold in years. And you like, when you're talking about George Gervin, you throw it out there. I'm gonna it's go 33 points. 33.1. So you're wrong. Oh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right, that's so pretty that's good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's wild. So that's a scoring chant. He didn't win MVP. I'm gonna go MVP next. 79.80. I'm, I'm gonna pull stats here because we're gonna want to look at them. I'm gonna go with. Don't hmm. think too hard. That's my hint. <laughs> 7980. Kareem? Mm-hmm. Boom. Was he still Lou Alcindor at that point? So does that count? Uh on Wikipedia, it's credited as Kareem. All right, cool. We're gonna go with Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Shout out to my my Muslims. All right. It's like it's just like his he just had like his normal stat line of like his career numbers. <laughs> like like I'm looking at his career like points, rebounds, assists. Yeah. He had more assists than usual. Basically spot on in points, like literally a point two difference. And he played probably seventy six games. And a it was a point two difference in points, point four in rebounds. Cap is so underrated, even though he is considered Th- a three and a half blocks a game. Cap is so underrated. I know he's all time leading scorer. I don't know where, but Cap is so underrated. That dude was a fucking freak. By the way, it was a down year on his blocks. He had had four the year before. What a bum! That guy sucks, man. Those chucks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's playing in Adidas. Some CJ so Aiken numbers. He had the shell toes on. All right, so I got to do the championship teams and who they beat. Yep, yeah, left. championship teams and who they beat. I'm on fire. I'm more. I'm heating up. Did right you want to guess Kareem's points, rebounds? Ooh, Kareem's points and rebounds. I'm gonna go. Let me think. So the all-time leading score points per game is Jordan at thirty point one. Then is well, then it's. I'm going to say Kareem average, can I say 27.8? Down? 26.4. Down? Can't be down I'm just going to give point. it to you because you're going to start going in smaller increments. We're not going to get there. 24.8. 24.8, okay. Which is crazy. I, I didn't realize this. I, if you would ask me what's his career points per game, I would have said 29. Nah, only only it, but Jordan it's 24 and a half. 24 yeah, and a half. Jordan is 30.1. Wilt, I think, is 30.08. No, I knew something. that, but it was yeah. just like it felt like like I know he played for forever, but yeah, like 20. it felt like you have to have it's like the Hank Aaron thing where like mm-hmm. Hank Aaron hit that many home runs and never had a 50, I think. You never had a 50, yeah. But it's like it, it feels like you have to have put up some stupid numbers. You just so consistent. and then you realize you're just like, no, he just always did it. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, like his earlier years, yes, he had some over thirty, but like he just always had twenty five points a game, yeah. automatic. Yeah, literally automatic. The definition of automatic. Rebounds thirteen point six, ten point eight. Okay, wow. That's Which low. that one is below his career average. Oh crap! 
do you want to guess his assist? This is this is interesting because I feel like it's down from the year prior, which makes sense because they added some dude named Irvin <laughs> who maybe had the ball in his hands a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to go with 3.8 assists a game. Four and a half. Ooh, I was close. For a big man. Close. Yeah, his, his career average three and a half. Roughly. Okay. That's why I said 3.8. I was like, mm, yeah. let's see. Let's see what's going on. I mean, that's that's he would not have won the MVP nowadays with those numbers. So I this Gervin would have won. They would have say that I'm cheating, by the way, because I know who was in the finals in the 80s because oh, yeah, I figured. You dig. And that's that's I did the NBA will never let my city live that that series down because of what Magic Johnson did as a rookie, jumping mm-hmm. center, blah, 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 having like 42 and 15. Yeah, I figured you'd be cheating with, with yeah, that like particular part. 15. That's why I didn't name it first. I was like, hmm, I'll sit down. Yeah, it would have been a little anticlimactic for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it was Lakers and Sixers in the finals. Um, I believe we lost in six. Or was so it five? A question. I didn't look at that. I didn't really I think care it, enough. It was either five or six. We didn't get swept. But... We didn't go to seven games. Four two. Four two six. Yeah. So like we we were the favorites because we had we had the 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 prodigy before the prodigy Moses. and Daryl Dawkins. Oh, I was say oh Chocolate we Thunder. Had, yeah, we had Chocolate Thunder at that point. Straight out of high school, you know, first one ever to do that. Um and we had we had a good team because Duck was Collins, Moses there yet? No, no, no. We got Moses when we won the championship. We ain't waste that year. Okay. <laughs> we, were, we were like, excuse me, Daryl, you can go to the bench. We got somebody else coming in. That was the first time that an MVP changed teams and won a championship with the team that he changed. Like it was like this weird, like reigning MVP thing. Like Moses was weird. Like he won an MVP, I think, in three different places. I think he's the first player to ever do that. By the way, oh, MVP uh, voting is so interesting to look back on. Yeah. That's like Durvin. You know, like just looking at like who wins the MVP every year, it's like always the scoring leader, it feels like. Um, Gervin was third mm-hmm. with 19 first place votes. Kareem got 147. Um, fourth was the greatest clear player of all time. And uh, yeah, number Ryan's two was any play back then. He's 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 a new breed of something else, <laughs> but uh, Dr. J was second, twenty-seven, seven, four and a half. I think that two was Dr. J and two point two stales. I, I think it's funny. I don't want this to happen, but I always said this to people who I could talk this with, basically Philadelphians. It's it's interesting to me that Dr. J doesn't get more hate for only having one championship. Like it's crazy to me because every player that's of Dr. J's ilk. They hold at a higher regard because we lost. I think with Dr. J, we lost three finals or something like that. I think we've been to the finals three or four times with Dr. J and won one. Well, should be able three to find finals, that. Three finals and one win. So it might be one for three. Philadelphia 76ers. You know what's really annoying is every time I type Philadelphia 76ers, I just hear that dumb song in my head. <laughs> that song is fantastic, sir. It's right up there what I'm loving it from McDonald's. One of the best jingles. No, I just resort to the fact that you guys haven't won enough championships, so you have to make jingles so people show up. Eh, we're the fifth biggest franchise in NBA history, so, you know. Yeah, those three championships are pretty good. Um, yeah, well, yeah, that, but, that would but, make sense. So, yeah, but, they won the conference in 77, 80, 82, and 83. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that, four of them things. That would be one and three, one right? Chip. Yeah. One and four. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. One and one and three. One and three. Oh, one and three. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah, one and three. So like that's crazy if you think about it, you know. But like I will also say this. Were, were Philly place. fans as ruthless back then as they yeah. are in your that's, generation? That's that's where they got to throw in the batteries and shit. Like, well, <laughs> like but that was JD the... Drew, right? JD Drew might have been a little bit later than that. Yeah, he he would have been early 2000s that the batteries yeah. were thrown. Yeah. Snowballs at Santa. That was that would have been the 90s. Yeah, that was but that was batteries. Because that was like Irvin, right? That was like yeah, was, no, no, you no, you cheered Michael Irvin. That's what it was. Yeah, we cheered breaking his uh, neck in in like the uh, late nineties. Um, but like, there's we, there's a long list of. Here's the thing: I love trashing on Philly sports fans. It's real tough though when the crutch is just well, Boston fans are racist, mm-hmm. and I can't, can't really, really disagree. <laughs> and and it's I feel tough. like nobody. I think it's funny because I think that we are the best fans because we the we're the only fan base that are ruthless to everybody, including our own players. We be like we're not holding anybody in favoritism. We're like, nah, motherfucker, if you're not playing hard, I you're not know. playing hard. Maybe it's my generation's been pretty. It's with the Red Sox worst. Also, no, nah, I don't know because Tuka Rask gets some of our players get hate for no reason. Like Tuka See, Rask gets hate, and like half the fan base thinks he sucks. I saw a stat. He has the greatest save percentage in NHL playoffs history. And people were like, this guy sucks. Can't win a big game. But look, listen what you just did, though. You're separating your sports. I say Philadelphia. That's across all the sports. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I have people that I will hate for life. I have never seen. Boston I have fans. never seen. And you would know better. I've never seen. I think, I think Boston and Philly are actually more similar than We'd yeah, like, but I've never seen the crowd in the garden boo the Celtics. Um, the closest thing I can say from from personal experience, because there was a lot of times that they were like, again, in that kind of purgatory state. Like that was, I feel like a lot of the Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker was like, we're like, I remember just listening on the radio and like, all right, we're going to make the playoffs. Reggie Miller's going to bust us up. Mm-hmm. We're out. The The most disrespectful thing I can think, they do get booed. Not the same way the Sixers have probably at certain <laughs> points. I remember being at the Garden amidst the, in what, 06, 07, the year before we, went, before we traded for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, 06, 07, we're in the midst of, at the time, a historic losing streak. And just the entire garden chanting back and forth. We want Odin. We want KD. Mm. <laughs> like, so it wasn't booing, but it was supremely disrespectful to the people that were on the floor, like trying. <laughs> so, like, we were already onto the draft and it was October. Um, what I will say is, and, and this is where Boston and Philly are very much one and the same. If you fuck up and are not only just not only just fuck up, because I, I feel like in both cities there's a there's a different level, and this is why I think they're both great fan bases. I feel like our two cities, maybe above the rest, know sports better than pretty much any other fan base. Um, like there's New Yorkers that absolutely do, but the New York fan base is such a corporate kind of like all that's included in their fan base that they don't dig into it. I still think Boston and Philly have that gritty side that not a lot of ones have again, pun intended. 
um, with the gritty reference. Yeah. Um, but I think if if you, it's not, it's less about fucking up on the court. It's about disrespecting the history. Because I think we live and die for our sports in those cities. Yeah. Where it's like, when like the ones that pop out to me as a diehard, like you know, Red Sox are my number one, number one. Adrian Gonzalez was very good for the Red Sox as a player. Very good. He, he was an all-star. You know, there was certain points where it's like, oh, he might be MVP caliber. When they had the historic collapse that they did in 2011 or something, and he was like, because, you know, think about how you would have reacted to this for the, the Phillies. You know, they're up nine games in the division, whatever. It was something stupid in September, and they don't make the playoffs. And mm-hmm. he said, and if he were to say, I guess it just wasn't in God's plan this year for us to win. Nope. He's never nope. been forgiven 10 years later, and he was good for us. And he's never been forgiven. No, we don't do forgiveness on this uh, player. You just get better. Yeah, and, and even worse than that was Pablo Sandoval, that sack of shit. Um, <laughs> who's still like he he's one of those people like you know when people are like oh you wouldn't say that to their face I would absolutely say things to Paulo Sandoval's face um, <laughs> but he said something when he came to Boston no so he had an awful first year remember we just given him five years 195 million so, mm-hmm. no five years 95 million he came in had an awful first year shows up in shape if you count circular as a shape for the corresponding spring training. And he said, and I quote, I don't owe, I don't owe anyone anything. I'm a three-time world series champion is essentially what he said. I don't give a fuck what you did. Spot the lie. (laughs) He's a three-time champion for sure. You owe us for the $95 million we just gave you to try and be a decent baseball player. But it's like, could you imagine someone, a big free agent coming to the, the wait, wait, was that Was that before or after the fried chicken debacle? I can't remember. Fried chicken was like the Adrian Gonzalez collapse. Okay. That I can remember God's where fault. the timeline was. Okay. Yeah, no, that was that was 11. Um, uh, Yeah, that was 11. Sandoval was, were, that would have been, 2015 was his first year. So okay. going into 2016, he's like, I don't know anyone, anything. And I was like, I think you kind of owe us a little bit of effort when you're getting $15 million a year. And it's also like, no offense to the Bay Area fans. We're not going to let you live down. You don't owe us shit. <laughs> and later that year, we gave him $50 million to fuck off and go away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> that's how little those, like, because, you know, there's franchises that would have been like, able to eat the money. He'll, those fan bases don't play. Our fan bases don't play. No, they don't at all. But I kind of blame this, the the Red Sox for acting like the Yankees in that move. I remember when that whole signing went down. That's when we I went like, for him and Hanley. Yeah. And then we, like, then we were like, let's put Hanley in left. And then I believe he's still the statistically worst left fielder in baseball history. I can believe that. I, he was, I was good at never, first. He, he was decent at first. He was decent at first. I was never a Hanley Ramirez fan. Like it was something about like him. I was like, I don't trust this. Like he always like produced Hanley. when he when he was in his best interest. Like, oh, you need a contract. So he started balling out. Like every other year, he just was a guy. Like I think he, he, I think I think he also got a little bit of forgiveness with Red Sox fans because, in a weird way, we remembered him for being the prospect that we traded mm-hmm. away in a great deal that won us a championship. Mm-hmm. 
because we got Beckett, Lowell, you know, so on and so forth. And like we were always like, oh, that, that's dope. Hanley's killing it in Florida, LA. And we got him. He was very bad and left. Um, I he he felt to me like the parallel I always made was like, you know, that kid that's kind of ditzy in Little League. And it's like you have to put him in a position where like he has to pay attention to the game a little bit. That's how Hanley felt to me. It was like he just was bored and left and like wasn't paying attention. Whereas like we put him at first and it's like, oh no, he's pretty good. He's he's still a good baseball player, or at least like serviceable at this point. But it's, he was so bad and left. I think he just got – he became a fat cat, man. He didn't have that will to be a great baseball player anymore. He made yeah, so he, much he, fucking he got, money. He got that bred it up. Like, he got bred it up like crazy. But I think that that kind of goes back to – like, if you look at sports in general, man, like, there's only – there's there's less than a handful of franchises that are actually historically great franchises in every single sport except for, I would say, the NHL. So, like, the it's NHL is the most – It's the most spread out shit, though. It's like, no, oh, it's yeah. Just, no, the okay. Canadians – are the only one I'm, ta- I'm talking about teams i'm talking about the teams because the nhl a lot of people have won oh oh okay i got you i'm, ta- I'm talking about the, like the but def- the canadians have like 26 oh no 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 no. i'm not talking about that that's different we know canada got hockey i'm talking about like the they, they can't win won a cup in like the la- my lifetime i don't think exactly i'm just talking about like the franchises in like the professional sports Besides the NHL, there's only a, about a handful of franchises. Oh, I, I, I get, I get. Yeah, that can really be like we're historically great. Like there's some very good franchises. Like the Suns to it, me. It's, it's tough when you look at it. Yeah, the, the Suns are one of those ones where it's like you look at it, it's like you've actually had a really good history. Like you haven't yeah. gotten over that final hurdle. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty yeah, much it, it. It's tough when the Celtics and Lakers make up for what, 80. I, I was going to say f- no, 40% of the history of championships in basketball. If not more, 50. That's it. <laughs> they got 34 between them. And the that NBA goes back what? to like 1960, I guess. That's I mean, crazy. if you want to go further back, I guess you can, but like. No, it's about modern era. George Mike and Pettit. Nah. Yeah, we ain't talk about those guys. We, we only put them on the list because we felt obligated to. That was real shit. We was like, hey, we got to put Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we were down to like them. And, and no disrespect for the other names I name here. Because some of the mid list was like, we had them on the list when we were down to like George McGinnis, Dwight Howard. Yeah. <laughs> like those Jason, are the big men we were talking about. I think Mike Bibby was still alive. He was like, oh, we got to put George Mike. <laughs> yeah, I guess we have to in case this list ever goes public. You know, but that's what that's what's crazy though. Like if you really think about these different franchises, that's that's why it's such a bullshit story that when like yo anybody can win it this year. No, no, like literally no. NBA, like NBA when's teams, the last time a one seed lost? In which sport? Basketball. Basketball? Like the lost, you mean like didn't make it to the finals or lost? No, I mean like lost first round. Even like where's like first the round? Like, like was it Baron seed. Davis? No, it happened after Baron Davis. It happened with um oh the Grizzlies. The the Grizzlies. The Grizzly beat the Spurs. Like the first year of like Grind City Zebo. My my off there. Was that one eight? That might have been like two the, seven. Feels like 2011 Grizzlies. I'm, I'm just gonna go for it. This this would be a great snipe if I got it because I feel like I was in high school. Eighth conference semifinals. They lost. How about that? Conference. Wait, conference semis always. That's the second. Up. That's the second, second round. round. Oh no, I'm talking about first round. That, no, I'm saying they won the first round as the eight seed. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I was right. Okay. Who they beat? Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. 
became only the second number eight team to defeat a number one seed in the best seven series in the history of the NBA by beating the Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was Zebo going off. And then they had one of the all-time great defenders who will be absolutely forgotten about in history. Tony um, Allen. Yeah, Tony Allen. He won't be forgotten because he has a defensive player of the year, where doesn't he? I don't think so. Yeah, guards don't really win it. I was just throwing it out there. He's got a championship. He's got three all-defense first teams and three all-defense second teams. So the last guard to win it was probably what? Gary which Payton. which is kind of crazy because like, and and you know before the time like no one paid attention to Tony Allen until he got to Memphis, but like mm-hmm. he was still an elite defender with the Celtics. It's just he was on a Celtics team that had way more talked about players. Was the last no one really cared about defense? Defensive player of the year trophy, Gary Payton. Was that the last one? That would seem right because Ryan Artest was a small forward slash power forward, so I don't count him. Yeah, that, no, he wouldn't. I wouldn't count him as a guard. Um, Marcus Smart still gets robbed of at least being a finalist. I'm not going to say he should have won. He should at least be a finalist by this point. Some people would say Giannis, but we all know that he's not a guard. Oh, Giannis is a center that can dribble. Gary Payton, 95-96. Jeez, that, which is crazy. That, That's crazy. That, that To me... That almost discredits the entire award. Yeah, because like I, I know they're gonna give it to Rudy Gobert for three straight times. I think mm-hmm. he might be the first. No, three out of four. Three out of four. Giannis got it last year. I'm talking about he's gonna. Oh yeah, Giannis got it last year. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, no, no. I'm. I'm sorry. This is a. Except for when Kevin Garnett won, complete fallacy. Like Kawhi is the closest person to a guard recently. That's crazy, dude. Like all those years, Kobe was locking shit up. All those years, like that's. I mean, yeah, Kobe was also going up against Big Ben. So also, I, but Kobe I, was like, Kobe was locking was. shit up from like oh two. And, and it felt like because like, I feel like the defensive player of the year, it's almost like a Gold Glove in baseball, where it's like I remember being upset sometimes when certain people don't win a Gold Glove in baseball, where like even statistically, it's like they deserve it, and then they're like, no, but this guy's also an All Star, so we're gonna give it to him. It's like that's cool. He's not as good a defender as this other person, but it's like you know, Big Ben. Also, yeah. Before before we move on, shout out to Big Ben getting in the Hall of Fame. Very much deserved. We are a very much pro Ben Wallace podcast. I think I think he's a first undrafted from. I think a first undrafted. Ooh, that's a good. That might be a good pull. I, I feel like I saw that. Wallace becomes the first undrafted NBA player in the modern era, which is all that matters. Era, okay. Um, to ever be selected to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. On Cam's birthday next year. Then Wallace is the fucking man. He is. He's one of those guys who's like, because he was the first six, seven. Common, I think, yeah. I think he's the first Commonwealth player. I mean, first common era player to be from an HBCU get to the Hall of Fame, too. Where'd he go? I think he went to Virginia Common or Virginia Union. Virginia Union. Some I think that's right. Like that. Well, yeah, because v- Virginia Common would be VCU. Yeah, VCU. Nah, it was, I think it was Virginia. I think VCU. I just always assumed he went to VCU for some reason, but he definitely didn't. I think it's like VUU or something crazy like that. Not crazy. Sorry. HBCU. I mean, something that like people don't Virginia Union. Yeah. 
And then he also went to community college too. I did. So like, that's crazy. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to try and pronounce the name of that community college. Not happening. Let me see. Let me look it up. Hold on. Let me see what it says. See if that's I can... a, got a bunch of letters and I'm not sure exactly the order in which they're supposed yeah, to be. I'm not going to say it. It looks like a CR <laughs> if I say it wrong. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so every, every, everyone go look it up. Yeah, <laughs> Just go to Ben Wallace's Wikipedia page. The first common era player to be go to the Hall of Fame from HBCU. The way I'm going to say this is going to be sound bad out of context. You would know better than I would. <laughs> but I'm just I say that more for your uh NBA intellect that I feel like you would be more in tune to know yeah, some of those I think things. I think because like HBCU players I don't think even have gotten in since like the ABA NBA merger era. I mean there's not that many that come I like I can't think of any that come out of HBCUs recently yeah, in, no, in any none sport of them really recently for sure not recently not in the last 30. I'm hoping Prime turns that around to be completely honest. Jackson State there okay, so go. you go Bulldogs. Right, Bulldogs? Good, uh, don't give me the line on here. <laughs> I call them the show times. <laughs> I call them the prom times. <laughs> it's Bulldogs. It's, it's Bulldogs. Tigers. I, that's what I said. I'll edit that. <laughs> that's a completely different geographical animal. <laughs> yeah, not even in the same family of animal. Went straight from cats to dogs. All right, so let's end this by saying... Every sport needs black people. Um, and confirm. Hockey included. Oh, yeah. Hockey. I mean, come on, man. The puck is black, so you know how it gets down. You can't even start well, without us. Th- I think this year, I can't remember. Was, maybe the Sharks had the first all-black forward line ever on the ice I, at the same I time, I think. Too. Was it Sharks or maybe the Knights? Was someone um, someone in the Western Conference, I think. Yeah, it was somebody in the West. Somebody screenshot it and sent me that. I think it was Foxy. I was like, oh, that's sick. That was that's dope. I think it was the Shark. I think you're right. I think it was the Sharks. That was dope. Like, that was I don't know if I'm thinking that just because it was Evander Kane maybe was in there, but also I don't think he's on the Sharks anymore. So that's why I'm I can see it. in my mind. I see like those teal, the, the kind of the, the turquoise. Yeah, the first turquoise. All joints. black line in hockey. Tampa. Oh, a different kind of blue. Yeah, we got we got it right. Eastern Conference, blue. It's hockey. It's hockey. Let's do this hockey. <laughs> Let's do that hockey. <laughs> Stephen A. All right, so this is the last thing I'm gonna say. Stephen A. I was watching something the other day. Stephen A. On his show, which I don't watch, but I catch the clips on YouTube from time to time. He randomly brought up on he, like you know when somebody randomly brings up the fact that somebody fed to him and he tried to figure out a way to sneak it in. He oh yeah, talking, yeah. He started talking about all. It, 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 random... It's like when you're on like a word of the day calendar subscription, yes. you're like you have to find a way to work it. I'm in. Like that is so facetious of Timothy. Yeah. Like. You know what? I, you know when you talk about anti-disestablishmentarianism, <laughs> you're like, you know, I've been going through my mind. You know, a fun word is onomatopoeia. Like, you don't even know how to use it. You yeah. just throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. um, well, there's so, just no natural way to bring it in. Bang. Yeah. He was he was talking about. I don't even remember what the fuck he was talking about. But then out of nowhere, he started talking about. Uh, he's like, yeah, in 1996, when such and such did the shutout in 13 seconds. Yeah, I can speak that hockey. That's what he said. I can speak that hockey. I was like. <laughs> I was like, this is an SNL skit. This is not it's real life. Chance. Literally, <laughs> this chance. is 100%. As, as, as we say in hockey, let's do that at, hockey. Literally looking into camera. I can speak that hockey. Yeah. 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 Also, also like, by oh. the way, the, speaking of that chance clip, I hit, you remember when he turns around the Rangers jersey and sees the dude's last name? That's exactly how we were on the Ben Wallace things. I'm oh, not going yeah. to say that. It's got way too yep. many consonants, not enough vowels. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm off the game. I'm off the game. Y'all see it though. Y'all see the number. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll close it here. I'm, I'm gonna take some mental and phone notes um, from the Hall of Fame. I'm sure we'll have some 
some sort of recap um, or not Hall of Fame, but museum. We'll talk about it next week. Um, also, on a side note, as much as I love the Florida Gators, to end here. Why the fuck is Tim Tebow in the league as a tight end? Colin Kaepernick can't get a job. That's it. That's all I got to say. We know the reasons why, man. Well, we do. But Aaron Hernandez has a better shot at making the team as a tight end currently than Tebow. Aaron Hernandez, gone forever. You ever see that clip? No. Oh, it's this dude. Uh, he, he does like, he basically has this character as like a white trash, like baseball coach. Mm-hmm. And it's just him swinging like bat flips. <laughs> he just swings the ball, launches. He goes, Aaron Hernandez, gone forever. <laughs> Damn. Um, Damn. But yeah, shout out to. And it's Jersey already sold out, I think. I think it's, it's number one. Yeah. So speaking of which, I'm, I'm okay, Shout out to the great Pat Mahomes like to, to show up. I just want to. No, I got nothing bad to say about Pat Mahomes. But. Is he the great way hope or the great way hype? Which one do you think Tebow is? Because he's accomplished shit. But not mm, recently. So I don't think you can. Mm, in the pros, you can call him the great white hype. Okay. If if we're looking at if if we're the basketball Hall of Fame style and we're looking mm. at full body of work, you can't call him hype. He did too much in college to call him hype. But I don't think um, Christian Leitner is in the basketball Hall of Fame outside of the Dream Team, and he was the, probably the greatest college player ever. I don't think he ever made it in because his, his pro career was that. Lethargic. I mean, how how in one episode can you say that Christian Laner is the greatest college player ever? No, I didn't. When know, we... I didn't. Nope, nope. You're not going to write that narrative. I didn't say that. Okay. I said Christian Laner is I felt not the basketball hall of fame. And some people will arguably say he's the greatest college player of all time. Well, some people clearly did. have never heard of one Pete Maravich. Some people have never heard of any player that didn't play like a white guy in college. Okay, I, Pete I, <laughs> Maybe it's my age. I have another white Duke player that I would put above Christian Lehner. I don't think you talk about JJ Reddick. Yeah, but I also never saw Lehner, so I can't. Christian Lehner was that shot he hit that they always showed a turnaround shot. That was in Philadelphia. That was in the spectrum. Yeah, (laughs) I was mad as shit. I was like, God damn it! Of course, it's in Philadelphia. (laughs) I hate. I mean, goddamn, weren't you like three or four? What year was that? No, two. That would have been ninety-two or something, wasn't it? I think it was ninety-three. They won. I think they won back to backs one year. So wait, did they, he play on the dream team and then went back to college? Yeah, I think he was still in college. Because ninety two, ninety two, elite eight. Alternate. No, that was ninety one, ninety two. So that was before the dream team. Ninety one, ninety two. Yeah. So you were born. saying, damn, as a two year old, one year old. I can feel it in my heart. I can feel it in my heart. I was like, something just happened downtown, and I don't know how to feel. <laughs> <laughs> Something's always happening downtown there. Um, but on that note, I can't wait to be back in Philadelphia on Friday to yeah. get a cheesesteak, get some Wawa back in my mm-hmm. life. By the way, if any of you are listening here and are from Texas and may have ever uttered the phrase that Bucky's is better than Wawa, all I have to say is this availability is the best ability. <laughs> Enough said. Eat a dick.